I think we need to do a cold, cold open. I think we need to sort of vent out some of your. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to cuddle or some chocolate cake? That was do very. You need it. That was very frustrating. Yeah, we saw a side of you today, didn't we? Oh God. Yeah, you're a monster. That was not fun. Tell everybody what happened. My mic stand broke. How'd you break it? How did it break? I mean. No, it, it it broke sometime before. The screw wasn't screwing in, so the mic kept falling out of the print, the pinchy thing. Yep. And then while setting up on a different mic stand, one of these stupid ones that sits on the table that keeps falling over because it's too mic heavy. Yeah. So it uh, it fell over and the fucking pop filter broke off it. Yeah. And uh, you tried everything, didn't you? I you, tried uh, everything. I tried Bluetack. Yeah. Tried Sellotape. Tried Zelda tape. That's, uh, that's it. You tried willing it back on yep. uh, by constantly checking that it's, uh, yes, this is indeed the pop filter that fits on this bit that, that is broken. Okay, um, and what, what did we come up with in the end? What well, did I come well up why with? don't you tell everybody what you came up with? I sellotape the fucking pop filter to a plastic knife, and I have threaded it through the uh, on, the, on the, the shock mount. That's basically it. There is a picture, and it will be Facebooked. Fucking MacGyver, aren't I? <sighs> you can all tell today is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, Johnny's in a fantastic mood. Uh, cold open. <laughs> Horror. <laughs> uh, yes. My biggest issue right now is the push and pull of content. Right? There's so many things vying for my attention at the moment. Yeah. And there are several shows that I want to watch and a new game that I've been waiting for for years. How do you manage to keep up with the current conversations? Because on the one hand, I want to keep up with sort of what you're watching and what everyone else is watching. And yeah, I also, you have to keep up with what I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to keep up with, you know, the, the sort of current conversation in video games. Um, and, and it's just difficult. And I guess the problem for me really here is spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. So, for example... God of War Ragnarok, right? Coming out on the 9th. It's a video game. It's a mm-hmm. sequel to the very uh, successful 2018 God of War. It isn't even out yet, right? And I've already had some things spoiled for me. Like, okay. there are leaks all over the internet. What's the next one going to be called? God of War Love and Thunder? I don't think that there's going to be another one. I have I have uh, watched interviews with the developers. I think Ragnarok screwed the pooch. No, I th- <laughs> I think that they tried to make it so that they didn't tell it in a trilogy. We switched places to today, haven't we? I'm going to be the dick and you're going to be the one trying to get through yes, it. Yes, but I'm going to answer your stupid questions with the actual answers to them, thereby thwarting you as you do me. I see, I see. So we all watch and learn. Um, you know, I've learned how to be a wily fox and Johnny has learned to be a cunt, so we really have swapped places. Wily um, bub. Anyway, there's nothing... Ma- What's wrong with you? Nothing major, what, nothing story-wise has been spoiled for me. Yes. Uh, but I'm being very careful. And I had to do the same thing with Midnight Club. Um, yeah. Because I didn't want that sort of spoiled I for me. I watched Midnight Club after you, though. You'd seen it already by the time I got there, no? You, no, yeah. Yep. But I'm talking about when it came out. Like, I tried to watch it as soon as it came out because I didn't want... Because there's always bits, like, floating online. Also, the... <laughs> the, the... The Doctor Who sort of finale thing the regeneration twist was spoiled for me before i saw it what it was on facebook what so yeah so i wanted to know like how you keep up with everything like how do you manage it you got two kids you're a yeah, bit of a psycho i don't i i usually um see something on facebook where it looks like there's a spoiler and then i throw my phone on the bed and go ah right 
Um, it's yeah, it's it's very very difficult. A lot of things have been spoiled for me, but recently because my wonderful, gorgeous, light of my life, joyful, sweet two and a half year old daughter who is my princess and my favorite thing in this entire world won't fucking sleep at night, and I am the one for some reason that she wants. Therefore, I am in the living room. Sitting on the couch while she sleeps on me. It's not like she's not sleeping. You're watching stuff on the TV while you're doing that or on your phone? On my phone. Mm-hmm. On my phone. Because if I watch it on the TV, she'll be like, oh, and she'll be, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And then it's, uh, it's game over, man. Game over. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's how I keep up. I uh, stay up all night and I, and I watch shit on Netflix on my telephone. And have you had anything spoiled for you that made you go, oh, no, no, what? Like, not really. Days. I mean, the thing about Midnight Club was that it's gone to season two, I believe. They're, they're making season two. Are they? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the way that they left it, if they're not if, making if season two, it's it going to be very annoying. Season two, yeah. Yeah, because nothing has been explained very much. Right. So, uh, so yeah, that's basically the, the situation there. The Watcher. God, if something had been spoiled for me, then... Uh, Maybe you then, wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> they didn't reveal anything with that either. That just mm. sort of... It, it's kind of like Lost. You know, they, they just they just kept building and building and building and building all of these it's, different... It's J.J. Abrams' mystery box inside a mystery box inside a... You know what I'm talking about, the mystery and box it's thing? it's like, ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic words. Ah, ah, ah. Do you know what I'm talking about, the mystery box? Yeah. It's a good TED talk. Um, yeah, so I have the had... Talk. Yes. I've had so many things spoiled for me. Actually, the the twist at the beginning of um, The Last of Us 2 was spoiled for me, and that made me very upset. So maybe it's, like, different in the gaming community. I know that, like, I'm I'm on the Empire group. Mm. That's that's my main source of... That's, that's where something would be spoiled. The beautiful Unless thing I'm about going... what you guys do in that group is that you, you do, like, a kind of dot, 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 yeah, dot, dot, spoilers. Yeah, it says spoilers in yeah, big-capital letters then... and then dot, 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 all the way down. Yeah, so that you don't yeah. see it unless you click more. Yeah. Uh, but the, the other thing is that, um, that people tend to post things on YouTube Yeah. that are very spoilery. Um, so I try and avoid YouTube if there's something that I don't want to get spoiled for me. But, yeah. It's uh, I, I yeah it's it's a crapshoot yeah yep and and sometimes it's just crap. It's really funny because in this country, um, it's people love spoiling things for other people. Um, you know, like they do, they do. Like I was in I was in school when the um, sixth Harry Potter book came out, and someone literally no one had gotten hold of it because of you know it being translated into. Uh, the local language mm-hmm. um, and so they hadn't read it and I was just reading it in English and I hadn't reached the end and someone had like run in to the classroom and gone Dumbledore die and gone Dumbledore dies and then we all got very 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 angry Spoilers. it's like people just like doing that anyway um, yeah that's the um, and, and, um, let's have an episode nah. What's our seat number? Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the latest in a long line of farts let out by the Gross Brothers, aptly named so that other people can make as many gross, gross puns as they can think of. Oh, you witty, clever cunts. 
I'm Simon Grass, a 3D artist and game designer who, of a Tuesday afternoon, has been known to fillet Alvin and the Chipmunks if they aren't too coked up to the eyeballs in order to notice. And with me is Johnny Gross, a filmmaker and storyteller, and very soon the only thing you will be able to tune into on this podcast as I will soon be dragged away kicking and screaming for crimes against imaginary cartoon characters. Calm down, it's just the intro. Today we shall be talking about one of the few films eligible for the not actually scary but scared the pants off me so much as a child because my brother wouldn't stop twisting the knife into my back I literally shit my pants one time and didn't tell anyone award. You guessed it, it's the 1994 classic starring Macaulay It Doesn't Make Sense They Didn't Put Him In Prison For What He Did To Those Thieves Culkin, Christopher The Libyans, Lloyd, Patrick Make It So, Stuart, Whoopi, I'm The Best Bartender In Space, Goldberg, and Frank Welker. It's the Page Master! And on that note, now it's time for a quick game called Pay Attention. Pay Attention! You now have 90 seconds. The same 90 seconds you gave me. It was the least (laughs) I could do for a friend. (laughs) I would like you to name as many literary references that appeared in The Page Master as you can. All right? All right, all right. And... Go. Okay, uh, well, fuck. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20,000 Leagues. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, what top. else have we got? Um, Frankenstein didn't actually appear in it, but yeah. was in the deleted scenes. Yeah. Trivia. Fantasy. There's nothing really from fantasy that there are. Really? Jack and the Beanstalk. Um. He goes, mm, uh-uh, 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 a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? What else? Um, Jacob Marley. Mm-hmm. Jacob Marley's gravestone is in the... Mm-hmm. Okay, so in, in, in the... Uh, yeah. Uh, so Christmas Carol. Yep. Um, you've got Mr. Dewey looking like Charles Dickens. Mr. Dewey? Yep. That's his name. Christopher Lloyd's character. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's not on my list, but I'll, I'll find it. All right. All right. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Come on, you want to talk about dreams? Let's talk <laughs> about dreams. dreams. <laughs> you have 20 seconds Is there anything remaining. else? Is, yeah, am I missing things? You're missing some. I'm missing some. Um, in the horror section, maybe. Mm, yeah, there's one there. There's one there. So, what is it? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And there's... I don't know. I've lost it. Okay, so... How many did I miss? You didn't miss that many. Let's do them in order of appearance. Okay. Okay, because this, this is what I got while I was watching right. the film. So, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yes. Hound of the Baskervilles. Yes. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Ooh. which is horror, right? He's kind of been introduced okay. as that. But then also later he does go, Sanctuary! Ah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same as Dewey looking like Dickens, because that's... That's on purpose. Fine. That's fine. All right. No, but this is a more overt sort of. That's pretty overt. <laughs> okay, you said the Raven, Doctor. Oh no, you oh, didn't, I didn't say, say the, the Raven. raven. Evermore. You, you said Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Did you say Moby Dick? I don't remember. I did say Moby, said Dick. Moby Dick. Yep. Gulliver's Travels. You missed. Fuck yes, Gulliver's Travels. Now these are the more obscure ones. Ready? Mm-hmm. So, Mother Goose uh, flies by in the whole. Girl. Imagine, yeah, imagine, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a uh, Humpty Dumpty. Yes. Yeah. Oh, all of the fantasy stuff. I now this forgot this about. might have um, passed by you. The Wizard of Oz, the Yellow Brick Road. They follow the no, Yellow yes, Brick Road. No, yes, I saw road it this time. I to saw get it. to the dragon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah Arabian Nights. 
Arabian Nights. Yeah, because of the magic. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, oh fuck. Alice in Wonderland. Off with his. Off head. with his head. Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah, I which got that you one. Said. Yeah. Happy days. Uh, Christmas Carol, which you said. And as Christmas well. Carol. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty not, good. That's not, not, not bad. Not bad. The, not the, bad. The, the ones that you missed were kind of just like, um, apart from the Raven. Yeah. Um, it was pretty uh, pretty obscure. Yeah. Mother Goose. Yeah. Well, no, I I, I watched it yesterday. I I remember. Anyway, but, um, uh, I'm gonna pull this lever right here. We're British. Do we say lever? Lever. Yes. Forgive me. I'm going to pull this lever right here, right, and out of the ceiling yonder uh, will fall upon the a massive amount of heavy doubloons. Enjoy. Ow. <laughs> Context is coming up next, but first, it's movie news. Movie news. Hello and welcome to the Six O'Clock Muse. I'm your anchor, Seymour Butts. Coming up, these stories and more. Large eyebrowed old lady retaliates against angry pufferfish. Aristotle and the word throttle sort of rhyme. And Christopher Walken to star in a new one-man show, tap dancing, reimagining of the hit film, The Color Purple. This is the Muse. Seymour <laughs> <laughs> <was good. laughs> <laughs> Butts. <laughs> You're a child. Seymour <laughs> Butts is um, so... My wife said to me this morning that we can have her on as a guest. Yeah. Because she uh, she did a uh, whole thing about the game. She, she was in her university course. Mm-hmm. She wrote a whole paper on it. And uh, the game is is uh, where Seymour Butts comes from. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Made you laugh. Yeah. Made you laugh. You're a mm-hmm. child. Yes. William Jackson Harper, a.k.a. Cheedy from The Good Place, has snagged a mystery role in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. The rumor? Mr. Fantastic discuss hmm. very interesting yeah I, d- I was actually cool with with that i think that he'd be great he's super nerdy but also he can be heroic and like you know yeah very caring i think it would be right i think it'd be great i think that's forking amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. james gunn te- that is a reference to the good place and how they can't really swear there yes um james gunn taking over the dcu what do you think of that did i not did you yes ah but did you get part two of this which was that henry cavill who is returning as Superman, is looking forward to having long talks with James Gunn. And all of the news sort of things that I've seen are putting the words long talks into quotation marks as if it's a thing to point out. Well, he is returning as Superman. That's just... There's Man of Steel stew. Man of Man Steel, of steel stew. stew. Man of Steel Man Stew. Man of Steel Stew. Which is... He can eat a lot of stew. Yes. Made of steel. <laughs> and he is a man. Uh, yes. The little nugget of news that can sort of hang on the uh, on the proverbial coat hook of that piece of news is uh, <laughs> thank is you that for, steven spielberg for abusing my news items <laughs> is that steven spielberg has been in talks um well i mean there's rumors um that they that, that he's been meeting about directing man of steel 2 do you want to run the news desk jonathan I just, I, I wanted to mention that. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, that would be great, but, be you know, great. he's, uh, he's Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he won't can direct all the anything. Other, won't all the other directors sort of look at him funny if he does an MCU movie? An MCU movie? Sorry, a DCU movie. No. I know what it is. Because he's Steven fucking Spielberg. Right. Um, speaking of Henry Cavill... Um, <laughs> Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. There's something in the air today. What's going on? <laughs> he quit The Witcher and is being replaced by Liam Hemsworth. Liam. Yes. Uh, rumors say Cavill, unhappy with the right. <laughs> I can't speak words. Rumors say that Cavill is unhappy with the writers on the show and has 
had enough of their disrespect for the source material, which mm. I think is kind of interesting um, because he has such a reverence for it. Um, because he looks like a uh, a jock, but he really is just one big he's nerd. He's a nerd. Um, and there was someone who said that they were working in the writer's room. This is a little nugget that I saw. They said they were working at the, the Witcher uh, mm-hmm. writer's room. and Working at the Witcher writer's room. Oh, is that what I said? <laughs> no, but I, he that's was working at the Witcher's writer's room. <laughs> it's a hard thing to say. It's hard. It's sentence. hard. Leave me alone. You're making the news really difficult. Mickey, go back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I kind of saw this news item. I was like, "This is really, this is very fundamental. Uh, you have to respect the source material if you're going to change it, right? You right. have to understand what to change it to. It's fine to take things and tweak them. I'm very um, excited for the Last of Us TV show that's coming out on HBO. I'm interested to see how they're going to tweak it to make it a little bit different for people who've played the games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they have to sort of respect where it came from. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I don't understand how they could... Be, and, you know, I actually like The Witcher uh, Season 1. I only got through, like, half of it, I think. Season 2 is pretty good, but, you know, there's some deviations that kind of make you go... Mm? Right. What do you uh, what do you think about uh, Liam Hemsworth as the Witcher? I'm not reacting to it in the same way that all of those nut jobs are reacting to it. Oh, let's sign a petition that, of eighteen thousand signatures. I think that any recasting That's nowadays real nowadays in a uh, in a in a TV show like that is gonna be problematic. I think that if if Cersei was recast. Yeah. Suddenly, in the middle, of, I mean, look, it's different when you're talking about House of the Dragon. They were recasting for age, etc., etc. Yeah. Time had gone by, but like, if you're recasting somebody, literally just changing heads, uh, it's very problematic. It's not something that people are able to swallow very unless much these days. Unless it's Doctor Who, unless it's Doctor Who, unless the Witcher, unless Geralt regenerates, it would be a very unacceptable thing. But if they were to kill Geralt. And then have another Witcher take his place. Yeah, you know, because there's a whole brotherhood Beralt. of witches. Well, <laughs> Beralt, sure. Yeah, I can see that talking to you today is going to give me a migraine. Yep. Doctor Who is moving. Speaking of Doctor Who, Doctor Who is moving to Disney Plus with the move signaling a boost in emphasis on cinematic presentation and a higher budget for special effects. Well, I hope that it stays in British hands because the last time the Americans took over Doctor Who, we got Paul McGann so and uh, still, Eric Roberts. So apparently, still going to be headed by the BBC, yes. but Disney Plus are giving them their backing, which is I okay, think, so, the right choice. But the whole point of um, of Doctor Who is crappy special effects. No, it's not. <laughs> Not anymore, it's not. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, you know, the, the, the revival has had its fair share of jankiness. It did, but that's because it started in 2005 the, on the BBC. The uh, yeah, okay, look, <laughs> right. I will not sit here and have you belittle <laughs> the who, all right? Doctor Who. Listen to me. Doctor, Doctor who. who is about... Did you see that thing I sent a, you yesterday? Fuck off, I'm talking. <laughs> it is about friendship. It is about heroism. It is discovering things about yourself that you didn't know were there. It is about finding hero- heroism in unexpected places, about doing the right thing, about making the difficult sacrifices. You take back your remarks, you snarky man. All right, Geraldo. I'm just going <laughs> to shit myself in front of you to make a point. <laughs> Why? <clears throat> did, you see that you thing that I, did you see that thing I sent you yesterday of Peter Capaldi drawing doctors? Yeah, I've seen it already. Oh, you've seen it already? Yeah. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> now look at this. No, this uh, Patrick Troughton had a bigger nose. Oh, I like noses. Eyebrows. I got to take bottle tops off with them. He's not. A, I don't know. He's not Sean Connery. Anyway, a- Quentin Tarantino is not interested in making Marvel movies as he is not a hired hand. 
which is a very different response to I won't make Marvel movies because they're beneath me. He just wants to make his own movies, he wants to tell his own stories. Correct, even though he's been attached to Star Trek, James Bond and... ER. Well, ER was just, you know, he oh, just wanted so to... Oh, so he's just full of shit. He's full of shit. He wanted to make his own Star Trek movie, but it's like, it's always going to be Star Trek. Well, except it's going to be Star Trek, Trek with a lot of blood. <laughs> it's going to be Star Trek that begins with uh, Bones and, and Kirk in his, in his quarters talking about... Just talking. ...food or something. Yeah. And, you talking know, about, women's feet. Talking about spaceship <laughs> engines. And feet. And feet. And feet, Yes. <laughs> this is this is a final piece of news that I threw in here because oh, I thought it God, was... God, I thought it was interminable. It's just going to go on for it. Sorry, go on. <laughs> what? I'm going to make you do this all is, the episodes. This is not payback. <laughs> I'm going to make you do all the episodes. I tried to play ball. <laughs> You're just being a twat. I will not do this anymore. I put a lot of work into this. <laughs> right. Harry Potter fans asked not to leave socks at the Dobby Memorial in Wales. <laughs> now, call me a bastard, but does one not think that they're sort of asking for it a little Hold bit? Hold on a second. Isn't this your, like, whimsical piece of final... Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me start again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Harry Potter fans asked not to leave socks at the Dobby Memorial in Wales. <laughs> what, what a funny, funny story. story. That was the news. Movie news. <laughs> what is your problem? I don't know. What is the matter? What do you mean? With you? Wait, no, I do know. You're being. A, they will be on my side today. When the, when the listeners are on my side, you know that you've got a problem. I have been through an ordeal today. You broke your fucking pop filter. Yes, and my mic stand. Did you break your willy? No. No. Then be thankful. There are worse things. Context. Dun, 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 dun. Oh no! There's no jingle for context. Why is there no jingle for context? How would you make a j- let's do a jingle for context? Context, 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 context. Context yourself. <laughs> that was great. All right, what's your context for the page master? And don't say it's because I scared you when you were a child. That's my context for the page master. Oh, all right then. I really like the page master. I've, I really I had like a- the page master. <laughs> You're scared. You're scared just talking about it. Sorry, I'll, I'll be nice now. Yeah, I'm going to have a fucking brain aneurysm, mate. I swear to God. <laughs> What's your context for the page master? Go on. Go on. What's your context for the page master? Scaring you. <laughs> right, let's... What's next? What do you want to do next? Do you so, want to talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie. You got notes? I'll, you got I'll notes. tell you what it is. Okay. It's Trivia Corner. I will... I will. Trivia Corner. <laughs> I will tell you my context for the page master because I saw it first. Um, and then we will lead into your context for the page master, which is going to... Because I saw it second. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you see what I mean? You do that all the time. And now I do it a few times during your news segment and I am the bad guy. You did not do it a few times <laughs> during the news segment. You did it all the way through the fucking news segment. Uh-huh. Right. Now Go. you know what I have to live with. So... But you've got training. I don't have training. You do. You have training against me. I don't have that. We are amateurs. This is the way it gets. This is an indie podcast. So I remember being in a bookstore with my auntie Rosina when I was staying with them for a few days. I don't know what my parents were doing. They probably just said, I've had enough of him. Let's chuck him somewhere. Just stop it. Just stop it. Enough. Um, Yeah, I think they were away. Probably on holiday. Probably enjoying themselves. Probably Probably a fucking cruise. Something like that. 
Um, and so I was um, cast aside, like the empty packet of crisps that I am. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Um, that's the world's smallest violin. It's not small though It's <laughs> fucking comically massive So Because um, a small violin actually makes you feel sad Because it's little, right? But no one's feeling sorry for you So it's just a big, heavy, hefty It's it's even got little cartoon eyeballs on it That's how silly it is Please continue I was in a bookstore mm. uh, And Auntie Rosina bought me the novelization of the page master mm. before I had seen the film because it looked really, really cool and I'd never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got somebody to take me to see it. And then I. He does not mean he went out into the street and said, please take me to see the page master. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, I left my idea at home. Can you buy us a round of beers? And my kids are also in the hospital. <laughs> Um, My house is about to be taken by loan sharks. So I saw it in the cinema, and it was one of those movies that made me go, oh. Mm, and, and I got my mum to buy it for me on VHS. VHS. And it had one, that documentary on it. Remember yeah. the documentary yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah. You can um, find that on the YouTubes. It is on the Blu-ray as well. Oh, is it now? Yes, it is. Um, so I, I really liked this movie. I was a little bit disappointed because I'd read the novelization. And I didn't know. It wasn't clear from the from the cover, which is the poster with uh, mm-hmm. with Richie holding the holding the sword up and all of the characters around him in this big yeah. uh, collage. Um, the uh, the book didn't make it clear that he. I mean, it kind of did. He says that he's an illustration in the book as well, but I didn't understand what that meant necessarily. Right. And in the in the movie, he sort of goes from being Macaulay Culkin to being a cartoon, cartoon character Culkin. voiced by Macaulay Culkin. And oh, he's a while, cartoon Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a lot of great animation in this movie. A lot of I I really like the characters and the design of all the characters, but Macaulay Culkin's character is the weakest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always found that to be... I, I always thought, why can't they do a, a Roger Rabbit? Why can't he be, you know, a human on a, on a green screen? Mm-hmm. So we're on a blue screen in those days. Um, so, so that slightly they disappointed didn't have me. Richard Williams working on the film. Correct. Uh, that slightly disappointed me, but I was very much transfixed by it and all of the literary... Um, all of the literary references, which I only got some of just now in the game that you played with me uh so so yeah so it was uh, i i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed it and um there was this one scene that i used to scare the shit out of you so off you go <laughs> i mean we've talked about it before so we don't have we to, have uh, but uh, but nobody listens to this podcast so off you go so there's a scene where you know they, they go through the sort of three genres that um you know that they Richie, had time for in an hour and 15 minutes well that he meets in the library when right. he first becomes an illustration <clears throat> yes um, fantasy uh, adventure and horror horror um and so the first place they go to is uh the horror realm of right. the library um and uh, the design they meet, of which we it's love. beautiful yes beautiful and the the cool thing is that they make it to dr jekyll's house there's a there's a foreshadowing there as well you know they see his name on the uh on the door as you know dr jekyll and then scratched underneath it in sort of a very violent fashion is mr hyde dr jekyll mr hyde must be a duplex. It's all right. very sort of scary and leading up to uh, Leonard Nimoy's uh, Dr. Jekyll drinking the potion and turning into a rather hairy, scary, red-eyed demon. Dr. Uh, J? Uh, my name is 
yeah. um, and and it's 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 very scary. It's it's like even when watching it this time, it's creepy, right? For kids, if you think, well, for adults. Too. Well, I was thinking about that because I I don't know why I wasn't thinking necessarily about the horror section, but when the movie started, it's very mm. very kid skewed. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, what, would this be nice for my kids? And then that whole scene comes along and then I'm like, nah, 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 they need to be a little bit older for it's that. It's a bit harrowing, right? It's a bit harrowing, it's, yeah. You know, the, the, the hand that grabs Richie comes, becomes very hairy. Yes. Um, he's covering his face. Right. You see his uh, shadow on the wall. He's mm. got this very scary laugh. The music becomes very... Um, you know, you know, very sort of creepy and scary. I don't know what the hell that was that I just did. Um, and and then you know he sort of releases, he reveals his sort of demonized face, and it's very close to the camera with these jagged teeth, and it's yeah. scary. Um, and you uh, delighted in the fact that this scene scared me. Um, and you used to do it all the time. Like you used to just go, "My name is Mister Hyde," at me like all the time. Uh, you used to like I've mentioned this before. One time you 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 used to like drawing the James Bond sort of gun barrel. Yes. And uh, we and were in Louisville. Jersey. Yes. Um, and you drew. I don't know. That that's Jersey in the Channel Islands, yeah. not News Jersey. Yes. Um, Nudes Jersey. New there Jersey. There is a nude beach at Jersey, isn't there? Is there? Isn't there? No, I, no? I just uh, sidebar, sidebar. Excuse yeah. me, Your Honor. Maybe approach the bench. Sure. Um, so I just remember being on a beach. I think it was Wayne. Was that what it was called, Wayne Beach? Uh-huh. Babs, you'll uh, you'll um, corroborate this later on. Um, but I just remember uh, a woman on the beach taking her bikini top I off remember and this sunbathing. Too. Topless. I remember that and too. And I was very, very small. I think the parents... And I saw a pair of breasts. Wait. And it was exciting. You couldn't have been that small if I was alive. Well, I mean, I seven or eight. It. Seven or eight. But, like, definitely before my sexual awakening. I, re- I in remember the, in the I early remember teens. there being a sort of, why do they have to do that? <laughs> I remember... Mm. <laughs> I may have to cut this out. But I remember our father saying... Double D, he's not interested. No way. <laughs> no way he said that. He absolutely, absolutely said that. Absolutely no way he I said that. I remember that. Very vividly. Oh my god! Very vividly. It's something that has that has carried through. What is wrong with that man? <laughs> infected my mind for my entire life, and I have never been able to forget it. Get and away I, from my bench. I remember. I remember that I that I've told you that there are certain movies that I watched with him. That all I remember every time I watch those movies is the little comments that he sex made throughout. And, you know, no, not the sex because scenes. Because of but how 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 uncomfortable it is when you watch. No, but it's all the comments the that he that he made during. Like I remember, you he's know, dead. Yeah. So you remember in Assassins? Yeah. There's this bit where um where Antonio Banderas is is sitting in the hotel waiting for Stallone to come out of the yeah. bank. And um and he pours water all over his head mm-hmm. and he starts to like wig out and whatever and then he sits and th- sits and then he sits really really still mm-hmm. and the camera lingers on him for a minute and my dad said our dad said he's dead no he didn't <laughs> yes he did oh. <laughs> he just made all of these comments and I just like every time I watch those movies though those those comments kind of like flare up like a like, like a, a rash. rash. <laughs> Anyway, one second. Move away from the bench, please. Okay. Um, okay, so go on. You, you've still got context. 
Yes. Okay. So we on. were in Jersey before the boobies and double D's. Before the, the rejected double D's. Before the boobies. Before yes. the rejected double D's. Yes. Um, you you were drawing uh, the gun barrel for me. I was probably and drawing they, boobies as well. You drew, and you drew it, and then you said, "And look, look who's in the middle of the, the barrel. Look, it's in the circle." And I was like, "What's that?" You drew him in, and then you went, "It's Mister Hyde," and you like pushed the paper into my face. Because you were mean. I was a little mean. Shit. <laughs> Bully. I was anyway. a bad, bad boy. But I was obsessed with the movie. Like, I really enjoyed it either way. I used to watch things that scared the shit out of me that, uh, that yeah. I w- was obsessed with. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. a, fas- a fascination. I definitely saw arachnophobia more than once, and I'm extremely arachnophobic. You are. You told me that you saw a tarantula on the street the other night. And yeah. I, I like, I got shivers down it my was, spine. Listen, it was massive, right? It was hairy. It was fast, <laughs> and I like, I, I stepped on it, and it carried on walking. Why would you step on it? Why would I, you? Bo- I tried why would you to bother kill it? it. I tried to kill it. Why? Because, because listen, it was walking towards the entrance to my building. I had to protect what's mine, <laughs> right? If it would have gotten into my house, it would have eaten my children. Yeah. Have you not seen the end of that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and then there's like a massive spider in the room? And a... No? Anyway. Um, what movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and the massive spider? I don't remember what it's called. There's a massive... There's a spider in the corner. When, and, as in his wife has transformed into a spider. It's a metaphor. I don't know. I didn't understand it. What? There's a... What is this film? I, I'll find it. Um, but anyway. <laughs> it's... Fine! Fine. You, you riff. Not not singing. Uh, it's called Enemy. Oh. Um. And uh, yeah, the the uh, it's sort of like supposed to be a metaphor. I don't know what for. Anyway, uh, what was the thing? Context. Oh yeah, I jumped on the spider and my neighbor saw me and thought that I was a little bit nuts. <laughs> uh, that's the end of context. Okay. Context. Context. Okay. The context. Context. <laughs> context yourself. What did you say? Context yourself. Or context this. What was it you said? All right, we'll put the jingle that we did at the beginning. I just coughed right into the mic. I'm sorry. Oh my I'm God. not sure I'm going to be able to cut that. We have already seen the film yeah. separately, but I'm going to run the jingle just for shits and giggles. Here we go. Soda. Oh, that was nice. Mm. Very nice. Made ever the more erotic by uh, Jonathan C. Gross's ASMR. So, the page master, keeper of the books, guardian of the written word. The opening is glorious. Yes, it is. I love the score. I love the uh, homaloniness. The, the homaloniness. Mm. Ah, there's a little bit of homaloniness in there, but it's like just when he's like flashing the the torch around the room. Ah, no, I'm talking about the um, the title sequence. Oh yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's James Horner's magical score. Mm. He uh, he does this this wonderful job of 
skirting the borders between the various genres, mm. um, you know, which is obviously horror, fantasy, adventure. And he's got like a theme for each one of them. And I, I love this. You know, we, you always talk about the mansion comes yeah, up with the, the smoke, uh, with the yellow light the in it, and the, and the little window, and the and the little uh, wolf howl. Yeah, oh, it's so good. It, it's this. I was waiting for it, and you know, in a few episodes ago, I don't remember when, but we were talking about it, and I said that. I used to watch it. I used to say, like, you know, Mr. Hyde's in there at the window. And I used to say, yes, he is. No, but our mother used to say, do you want me to turn this off, Simon? Um, do you want a slap as well, Daniel? So, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, it's just spine chilling. Even now, watching it, it was just like, ah. Yes. Um, and then, and then you've got, like, uh, you've got that, that. Let's go fuck myself, shall we? <laughs> So I really like that, and I like the use of um, of the uh, whatever you imagine. Is yeah. that that's the, that's the theme that he uses in the movie, yeah. right? Because there are two songs. Yeah, because the actual song's a bit. So he uses. Crisps. Well, that, we'll get there, but he uses he uses <laughs> that that theme, and and James Horner does this a lot. Also, with my heart will go on. Like whether you like my heart will go on or not, the melody is very beautiful, and he weaves that throughout Titanic, yeah. throughout the the uh, the score, and here as well he does the same thing, and also in the Mask of Zorro, yeah, as well. There's a song at the end of the Mask of Zorro that he uses uh, he uses that as the basis for the score, um, which is why it's maybe a shame that he didn't do a Bond movie because a lot of composers don't use. The, score, the, the, song the, the song as a, as, as a basis as a motif and it's really it's it's great when they do that it's my favorite type of they bond did score. it with uh, casino royale a lot wonderfully yeah. wonderfully because david arnold is the man yeah. and he should come back and do the next one and so should martin campbell um anyway so a sentiment never before expressed on what's our seat number oh fucking hell so <laughs> it's funny <laughs> it's funny how we switch seats like whoever's in charge whoever's <laughs> reading off notes is sort of laser focused and i've got to get through these notes i've got to read this the other one's just being an absolute terrorist yeah <laughs> just like ripping it apart anarchy anarchy you'd think you would think that having just experienced this <laughs> and then when we went to go and get the soda i complained about you <laughs> like, so like you're i feel asshole. like this is the way it goes with my kids okay with with my son is the is that i say to him i call his name over and over and over and over again for 20 20 yeah. times and he won't listen to me won't answer me he will completely blank me and then he'll say to me daddy dad he started calling me daddy by the way with an american accent like, daddy. like that oh that's horrible okay daddy Ugh. like that <laughs> so he started doing that and and he'll he'll call my name or my title rather several <laughs> times and then i'll and then i'll turn around and i'll say not fun is it when when people don't answer you, but it's it's just that he's so up your own ass. You really are. <laughs> but he just like he's I'm, four. It's a t he's four and a half. It's a teachable moment. It's a teachable moment. And um, no, but the thing I don't is, know why I'm judging you because I did literally <laughs> exactly, exactly the same, the same thing. thing. And he's going, Dad, 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 Dad. And I'm on my phone, and then I Daddy, go, Daddy, Dada, And then and then he comes up to me and he like taps me and he goes, Dad. And I go, Yes. And he's like, <laughs> it's like. I was calling you and calling you and calling you, which is just basically him echoing me, right? So right. He's, he's like, why weren't you answering? I was calling you. I'm like, it's not nice, is it? It's not <laughs> so, fun. But the thing is that just as, as you just demonstrated, mm. he doesn't, it doesn't register with him and he doesn't learn anything from it. And 20 seconds later, he's doing the same thing and I'm calling his <laughs> name and he's not answering me. And it's not anything, it's not for my benefit, it's... What would you like for dinner? What would you like to eat? Because yeah. I know that when it's time to go to bed, he's going to say, 
I'm angry. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I also have the same arguments where it's like, you know, are you hungry? No. You should eat dinner now because once you've brushed your teeth and you start watching telly, there's not going to be any more food. I don't want to hear I'm hungry before you go to bed. I won't say I'm hungry. Yeah? Pinky promise? Yes. You know that pinky promise means something, yes? It means something Binding to me. in the state of it New York. It means something to you. It means something to all these people. What people? Don't interrupt. <laughs> and then it's, you know, I what want, was, I want, I want food. The, I'm hungry. What was the name of the guy in, uh, in Malcolm Indy who used to walk into a room and go, get out of the way. Mark, I can't see you. All these people in the way. Get out of the way. Get I out of the way. Know. And the room would be empty. I don't know. <laughs> I went through this with with Babs not long ago, and I and I figured out what his name was, She's and now it's completely shouting gone. At you. Shouting at me, yeah, yeah. No. Anyway, <sighs> oh, the page master. Yes, hello. <laughs> Podcast is happening here. What were we talking about? Oh no, just how I was being a twat. Please continue. We're just talking about the opening title sequence. <laughs> okay, so opening title sequence done. Lovely. Okay. Tick tick. <laughs> okay, I've written here that Mac was a huge deal back then. He represented me as a kid. Mac being Macaulay Culkin. Oh, Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Yeah. And uh, because I didn't want to type on my phone Macaulay Culkin because you, you know that thing that you do when you're typing on your phone and it corrects you mm-hmm. and then you go back and then you try and type it again and it corrects you again. So yeah. I'm completely, completely not connected. Yeah. And, they, and I feel like there's this one thing that you can do where you just go down slightly on an iPhone anyway. We go down slightly to the left and there's, it says the word that you have typed Yes. And you can just like tap it and then it will substitute whatever correction it's trying to correct yeah. you with, with the word you're trying to type. Yeah. And for me, for whatever reason, it's like... Thank you it's for like explaining autocorrect because absolutely not everybody uses it. I don't Go know on. what what, uh, what Android's like because I... I Android I, is the same. It's the Please same. Continue. Okay, okay, okay. Fine, 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 fine. Um, so, Ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But instead of in, being lazy and instead of like tapping down on, on the left there, I just keep typing it. And it keeps correcting me. And I think now is going to be the time where it's going to get the fact that I want to type this word and not that word. And it's like, you know, being constantly hit on the head and like not moving so out the way. So instead of pressing on this thing, you thought it would make more <laughs> sense to write Mac and not explain that that's what you've done. Yes. Okay. Please continue. Mac represented yes. you as a child. As your lawyer? <laughs> In the court case? Johnny Gross versus the people? And this is Cy being a cunt. <laughs> While I am trying to get through my list. Yes, it's going to be a very long episode. It's going to be a very long episode. So, yes, um, Mac being um, the same age as me, I think he was born in 82, so more or less the same age. When he did Home Alone, he was an eight-year-old in a uh, in a film, and I wanted to be an actor back then. So I saw that and I thought, I want to be that kid. Mm-hmm. He was also really good. He's not amazing in this movie for some reason. In the live action uh, sections, he's a little bit affected maybe like he got to a point where by 1994 he's like what 11 Mm. that he's kind of he's kind of starting to outgrown the cute kid i don't know the 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 thing is that when you're when you're that young and you have no um frame of reference i guess like when you're when you're sort of like seven eight years old you're just being natural and in and in this movie maybe he was just trying to act maybe so i don't also be also richie rich i noticed which came out more or less the same time I think that he was very good at playing that specific thing, that sort of um, naughty yeah. sort of thing. That, like eyebrow raising. Yeah, kind exactly. Of like... And that was charming. But yeah. then it's like, here you have to be a more, to be frightened. more frightened, but then change into a heroic character and yeah. then only use your voice for that change. Right. 
it if you think about it, it's a bit of an acting challenge. This movie mm-hmm. for a child, and I think he did okay for the challenge that he was presented with. Oh, he's better than the ninety percent of other child actors of British child actors yeah. specifically. I don't know why. Maybe it's the way that they train them. Maybe it's the way that they direct them. Maybe Although it's just a natural thing. But the, I mean. Every child actor in the Demon Head Master. Oh, it's in, terrible. Oh, in uh, in in those uh, episodes of Doctor Who when you've got kids in them. Yeah. Uh, in um, WYSIWYG. WYSIWYG. <laughs> in uh, in Mike and Angelo. Angelo. <laughs> Angelo. Um, you know what? What? What else we got? They got. The, what am I thinking of specifically? Harry Potter. Okay, Harry Potter. Those three kids watched all of those acting powerhouses by the time they got to Azkaban and Goblet of Fire and um, and they were Order of the Phoenix, improve. they were starting to improve and now Daniel Radcliffe is like one of the most sought out actors yeah. in, in in the business. Yeah. And he's amazing. And Rupert Grint as well. Did you see the the? I cabinet? haven't yet. I have not yet. Okay. I'm on episode three. I would also extend that to Tom Felton mm. who is also Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Very... Or Dawn? Is it Dawn or it Rise? Was, mm, the first one. The first one was just... Dawn. R- Rise. Dawn. Rise? Is it Rise? Rise? I think it's Rise or Dawn or War. No, it's not War. It's not War. War is the second one, no? War is the... Th- <laughs> <laughs> it's very confusing. This is a movie podcast, is it not? <laughs> I think it's Rise. I think it's Rise, the one with, the one with James Franco. Your name is Maurice Moss. <laughs> is, is it not? not? Um, and, uh, and I would say also that, um, that Hermione... What's her face? Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Emma Watson. <laughs> I've lost my mind. Emma Watson is is also pretty damn good. So I I would say that like the the American actor American child actors have a better uh, track record of being good at a very young age. Dakota Fanning and Haley Joel Osment, okay. for example, who are definitely in the two percent. Um, than you know british actors anyway that's uh that's neither here nor there um so you've got that opening that opening sort of live action bit uh directed by joe johnston um it's a little bit simplistic the script is a little bit simplistic the yeah. acting's a little bit simplistic uh, but once you know it, it's once like, you get to the library it's kind of on the nose you know what the message is going to be face your fears uh, and obviously this kid is uh, reeling off statistics and, and blah, blah, blah. But once he, once he gets to the library, everything everything is a little bit more wondrous. Yeah. Once once you get to Christopher Lloyd. Okay, yeah. Christopher Lloyd, in 1994, you know, the last uh, Back to the Future movie had been maybe five years ago, five years ago. Yeah, 1989, 1990. And he was at the top of his game. He was, he was a big, you know, a, a really well-known face, a household name. And putting him in a role like this is just genius because yeah. he is like he's the, the the guide. He is the page master, guardian uh, of the written word. word. I am the page master, keeper of the books, and guardian of the written word. I love uh, Christopher Lloyd, and I think that he elevates all of the scenes that he's in, and he's only in like two or three scenes. And then you get to the to the bit where he slips, he falls. You know, obviously you're going to talk about this in uh, in VFX. Cal- Whatever we're calling it now. Calicude. Calico. Calavcade. What did you call it before you corrected yourself? Calvacade? Calvacade, and now it's really Cavalcade. Cavalcade, right. Cavalcade. Cavill. Cavillcade. So, yeah, you're going to talk about this on Cavalcade, but there's a whole CGI sequence that sort of mixes with 2D animation. Um, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about how you uh, first when you first saw that how what it, how it made you feel seeing the the sort of the 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 sort of the animation and the live action so mix? when I was a kid I didn't 
clock it. Had you like, seen not... Roger Rabbit by then? I don't Mary know, Poppins? but that I think Bedknobs. It's it's really interesting because when I'm watching uh, animated movies with my son, yes, sometimes I'll sit with him and I'll go, you know, this is very similar to what I do, right? This is my job, right? Um, you know, I make these characters, you know, not, not these ones because he gets confused. He's like, well, you, you made super wings. No, no, no. I didn't make super wings. I'm saying that I, I, so how I is do this connected like... to you being my slave? Yeah. My butler. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think that it's at that age, you're not really clocking that these things are something that someone worked on right. and that they were using this technology or that technique but when you when you get older and you start understanding that you start noticing it, uh, I think it was when I watched the um, behind the scenes and I I finally saw, you know, like the animation cells um, that they draw on uh, and how they how they superimpose the characters onto like the background uh, plates, which are also you know with these clear coated kind right. of thing to protect it. I can tell you what it made me feel. Yeah, yesterday. did it? Wow, did it? Oh, okay. But at the time, Did it, it, wow was, it was a transporting thing for sure. Yeah. Um, that, that scene, that moment where the murals kind of leak, they yeah. melt and they leak down, and then they form into the dragon, and you have that shot of the curve of the dragon paint yeah. kind of creature, and its eye flares, it glows, um, it growls, and then it just sort of dives into the paint watery thing and chases after him um it's a very uh exciting adrenaline pumping kind of thing after a very boring opening which i would always skip i would always always skip it till the to get to the library section um it's not very long it's not long so yeah but think about vhs yeah you know fast forward yeah and take a Mm. second um and uh and and so you know it's just like such an exciting way to transport someone into another world right it's really cool right yeah you were hoping for some sort of when i saw that i knew that i was going to work on cgi no i'm first of all i noticed this time around that you can see the different frame rate that they use for that they used for cgi um which it which happens in a lot of like sort of mid 90s to to sort of early 2000s they movies. didn't match the frame rate they didn't match the frame rate to film yeah um, or of the film, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you can see that there are sort of like motion trail, motion, uh, motion blur, and all that stuff that yeah. uh, that maybe shouldn't be there. Um, it's artificial. It's artificial. Yeah, yeah. I love how when the paint touches the bookshelves, it turns, it turns into, into cartoon. Anime. Yeah, yeah. It turns into cartoon. I was. I should have mentioned that. It's so good. Yeah. It's a great sequence. I, I bought it on Blu-ray a couple of years ago. And it was the first time I'd seen it since VHS, mm. which is a long, long time. So I was trying to see if it would hold up. And this time around, obviously, it's the first time I've seen it since I bought it, which maybe a couple of years ago. So, yeah, so the breaks in between. But I was trying to see if it holds up and if, if I still experience it the same way I did as a kid. And even when I was a kid, it used to, it used to sort of, there was a little bit of deflation after that awesome sequence that, yeah. that, that you know, that he becomes this kind of weird cartoony because it's not as i said before it's not like the best rendering of a of a human boy mm. um in uh, in animation his lips are really big and he's also the color is kind of muted in that sequence for some reason in the yeah. uh, in the first bit in the library so uh, i i think that i think that some of that is done intentionally yeah um i think that 
as as just from a, a design standpoint, do you want to move that to maybe VFX, whatever the fuck okay. I'm calling it nowadays? Mm-hmm. But yep. can you like make a little note about how I need to talk about that? Okay, so we'll we'll move that to uh, to VFX um, basement or whatever it is now. That, just to put a pin in it. The the thing that I noticed was that the other human characters, the grown up human characters, all look fantastic. Yeah, design wise, very iconic as well. And when Christopher Lloyd's character, the page master, walks into the scene he looks kind of like gandalf and he's holding this uh, this sort of scroll, scroll as a staff scepter and his his beard is like kind of rolled up pieces of paper yeah um it's it's really cool i i love the design the of him the design in the whole movie is just really really inspiring yeah like it's really great like the the way that they've thought out not just the characters but the locations and how they look and even little gags yeah that you see are are well designed um also, how much they show something. Again, this is stuff that I'm going to talk about later anyway. So. Right. Just like the concept as well is very, uh, is very sort of, it, it sort of ignites the imagination. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's kind of a kiddie version of Last Action Hero. Yeah. Like Last Action Hero came out like the year before. And it's the idea of going into some kind of media that you would escape to as a as a kid or as a yeah. grown up or whatever that you you know you watch movies and and you're transported but what if you could go inside it and you read books and you're transported and what if you can go yeah. inside it and uh, and it takes you to these uh, to these other worlds so anyway patrick stewart yes Whoopi goldberg yes frank welker yeah amazing yeah they are first of all the the, the design of those characters the Brilliant. books there's just something about it that just well i mean it's it's so interesting how again i have all these design notes um for the books yeah it, it seems difficult to talk about the film and relegating all of the design this stuff is the first the... animation we've talked about isn't it no it's not roger rabbit well i mean roger rabbit is kind of half and half it's the first movie that is mostly animation yeah yeah so, so every frame that we talk about from the it's, it's midsection of the movie is about design. Yeah, yeah. where well, we can talk about dreams. You want to talk about dreams? Talk about dreams? Uh, okay. Well, so let's talk about the, the voice acting. First of all, Patrick Stewart doesn't quite sound like Patrick Stewart. No, he doesn't. Whereas I was, I was actually surprised because when I was a kid watching the behind the scenes thing, I didn't know who these people were. But right. then as I got older, I was like, hey, yeah, it's, it's Picard. He has got and Guinan. He has got a lot of really fun dialogue. Yeah, he does. Well, I'm a fool. I've been dry docked in this library far longer than I'd like to remember. And I seize it. You and your library card. I mean, take it out of here. Is it a deal, my Oh, I'm naked. Um, a lot of like book centric. Uh, yeah, you got the spine for it, you know <laughs> all that stuff. I just uh, it, it's like a lot of puns, but fantasy. She's a bloody nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fantasy. She's a bloody nightmare. It's just a lot of puns that I that I really I, I really got a kick out of this time. Yeah. Out. You know, as a kid they kinda of go over your head and then, you know, when you're an adult it's like, Oh, okay. I see what you did that. Um and then you've got Whoopi Goldberg who is wonderfully cast here because yeah. she's cast against types. She's supposed to be like a kind of Glenda kind of kind of character, like click your heels together three times you know kind of thing but no, I, I just, you know she's Whoopi Goldberg introduction to what did you say is, to him now <laughs> the, the introduction to her is so good where she's like you know now I got my little mermaid underwear right <laughs> and then she still goes she goes I'm fantasy oh I'm fantasy and then she blinks her eyes <laughs> yes. and goes ding ding <laughs> you know, like she's like <laughs> what are you doing grabbing me like that and messing up my pantyhose mm. <sighs> Now I gotta straighten out my Little Mermaid underwear. Who, who are you? I'm fantasy. Oh, <clears throat> I'm fantasy. 
Apparently, this was her first. She catches herself. This was her first uh, voiceover job. She did a bunch Such afterwards, a good though. She also did Sarabi. So good at it, not Sarabi. Not Sarabi. No. What's she her was, name? Um, the, she was the middle hyena in uh, in The Lion King. What's her name? Ed Shenzi. Shenzi. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's as far as you need to go. So what we got? And Frank Welker is um, not I, I, not doing animal noises. I knew him as a boo, a boo, and Abu. and the tiger, and and yeah, uh, Raja. Raja, what is wrong with us? It's like <laughs> call that your favorite Disney movie. What's the matter with you? Yeah, it's not, they got to be students. What was I saying? Frank Welker as uh, as horror. You mustn't judge a book by its cover. <sighs> Look, he's smiling. <laughs> That's a smile. It's just great. I, yeah. I I find myself quoting that a lot. Like we always do. Okay. <gasps> Happy birthday. Yeah, and maybe you could help us through the house. Yeah, through the house. Hmm. <gasps> you can do it. Okay. Um, the, uh, I, it's I, scary I, inside. I like um. I like was when Dr. Jekyll gives the potion to Adventure. Yeah. And then he, you know, he sniffs it and Horror sort of reaches for it and he goes, stay back. It's a man's drink. And he goes, ooh, 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 can I have the olive? Right. <laughs> stay back. This is a man's drink. Can I have the olive? It's funny how they ease you into the the horror section with a mini jump scare, yeah. right? Where he sort of looks in the hand of the Baskervilles book and he's like, "Huh?" And then the the sort of yeah. dog jumps out at him. Of course, I know where we are. We're out of Baskervilles. Ha! We're in Baskervilles. Have a look, see. Hmm. Huh? <laughs> uh, is like a nice sort of. Oh, okay, this is where we're going now. All right, um, that's kind of cool. I also noted here that that, uh, that when they're walking towards the house, there's Jacob Marley's grave, mm-hmm. and um, there's probably a lot of uh, a lot of little Easter eggs that we there's, didn't catch. There's a few that I didn't mention <clears throat> just because of how they're sort of just the names it's of very books, obscure, yeah, names of books that are just on the shelves because mm-hmm. because they're still inside the library. A lot of um, environments are made to yeah. look like they're yeah, yeah, yeah. still bookshelves, yep. or there steps, are books. Yeah, buildings. the steps are made of books. You know, yeah. so it's like it's it's um, you know, there's there's the library feel everywhere in the right. in the environment design, and you can see the exit. You can, see, you can also see the names of the uh, uh, of some of the spines of the books. I think now, while talking about this, um, that. Richie is just as Dorothy is obsessed with going home. Mm-hmm. Richie is obsessed with the exit. E- exit. Exit. The exit. Um, so now I would like to play you an exit supercut. Leonard Nimoy, aka Mr. Spock. So Tick. you 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 like that? Yeah, <laughs> I do like it now. Yeah, the whole section there where where they he he's kind of bathed in this uh, this orange light. It's very eerie. Um, yeah. the the design of the house is it feels so much bigger than 
the people living in it than, than the people characters, the human characters yeah. in proportion. Again, so it's, delving it's, into design here for no yeah, reason it's whatsoever. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a German expressionism reference yeah. that you have these really high ceilings and these large windows that sort of taper. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also that the that the walls and the environments are sort of primary colors as well, which yeah. is very Dr. Caligari. Look at you. Um, what? Look at you. No, yeah. This is oh. great. Yeah, go on. Thank you. Um, so yeah, the very very sort of. You have movies and I have art. I have one fucking thing. Take that from me. <laughs> no, go on, go on, go on. You're doing great. Go on. Yeah. You're perfect. So, perfect. It serves to create this feeling of. Um, smallness, right? Like you yeah. know, for for the characters that they're they're in this situation that is bigger than them, yeah. right? Um, and that creates one very fundamental emotion immediately, which is unease and fear. Well, that's two, but I just meant fear. But then I realized that unease is in there too. So two primary emotions. I'll come in again. Nobody explains. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah. So so like that. That's really cool. It's also like it's the, wonderfully the... gothic as well. It 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 gives you that um that sort of feeling that uh that it could house all of those all of different stories. Books, yeah. yeah. And there's also the um. Well, it does because it's got the Raven and it's got ghosts right, right, in exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. I wish that more of the movie had been set in this um environment. Yeah. Because I found that the fantasy section is where the movie kind of okay. dips in, well, well, in well, interest. Yes, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. I also feel the same way. I don't understand why exactly Dr. Jekyll says to them, you're in grave danger. Mm-hmm. But then he, out of his, of his own volition, turns takes around and takes potion, a drink. Yeah. Uh, I never understood why there's also why he's drinking it out of a cocktail glass instead of a beaker. Um, but, um, but yeah, there's, it, it, he needs to get to that point where he's, you know, where he turns. Yeah. Uh, but there's kind of a little bit of Deus Ex Machina. So, that so sort of- I don't think so. I actually <clears throat> think that there's a, the reason that any of the characters do anything, um, is kind of, kind of the same, same reason that the characters in The Last Action Hero carry on on their sort of scripted paths. Right, right? okay. Um, is that, you because know, the nature Because they're inside the library, mm. they're inside these these uh, these books sort of domain, and Dr. Jekyll will turn into Mr. Hyde. He right. will take the potion. The raven will jump down and go nevermore. Right. Um, well, he doesn't actually jump off the bust in the, you know, in the poem, but, you yeah. know, um, it will it's say nevermore. Um, you know... Th- the Captain Ahab uh, will go down taking the white whale out, you know, right. and, and, and dragons will breathe fire. And right, right, right. You know, like th- it's, it's just kind of like this constant, <clears throat> the pirates will be, you know, they'll, they'll turn on Long John Silver. Right. You know, th- there's all of these scripted paths that these characters have to take. So there's no need to put them in a situation where they will do these things. They will do these things. Mm-hmm. So we needed to say, all right. Yeah, no, so that's good. I that, thought uh, that was a really that good was a, it's explanation. A, it's a great explanation. You answered Fuck my question. Off. You answered my question. It's kind of, um, kind of like Darcy Nader. These exactly. Delicate. Yes. Existence, by the way. Uh, if you haven't seen that, get on it. Really cool movie. Capital um, X, capital Z. Yeah, with uh, with the first Doctor who with Chris Eck. Yeah, the first uh, revival Doctor who has uh, an accent because lots of planets have a north. Christopher Nicholson. Christopher Christopher Nichols Nicholson. Um, the candles. Okay, so um, you have Mister Hyde 
uh, falls down a hole and he's holding yeah, onto the, uh, the, the the chain of the chandelier, and the candles are falling down beside him and lighting yeah. his face. Did that? Is that one of the things that, that scared is, you? That was something that is just still really terrifying. That it like it goes past him as he's laughing and it lights his face up. It's, just, it's so scary and also horror, like being trapped inside the chandelier. He's gonna go down into the pit with him, yeah. and Thank he's like you, he's he's like digging his nails into the floorboards and it's yeah. curling up these shavings of wood yeah behind him like like that's uh that's terrifying something that i noticed this time around is that the the lighting changes quite a few times during the movie where it's kind of again it's like a, a blocky primary color mm-hmm. just like one 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 or two colors it's that, for theme for, for for atmosphere in this section it's kind of green and blues and oranges it's a contrast yeah. of light of dark and warm no, and, and, the, and the, cold and warm colors and the deep blacks as well in shadow um that are extremely contrasty that there's no detail in those blacks it's just like it, it sort of like gives you that um that again the german expressionist feeling oh and then the ghosts yeah the coming ghosts out the, come out yeah. and and horror sort of crouching down in fear and saying ghost stories is like yeah. you know very sort of oh dear they get up uh, to the to the build to the top of the building and he doesn't like heights and so he's forced to hold onto a vine and swing off it to get to the bottom of the to get out of there mm-hmm. to get towards the exit um they get inside a boat the exit the exit um you've already done the compilation yeah, but every time we say the exit, Great. I'm going to play the exit. The Never. exit! They get in a boat and they see Captain Ahab, and that's kind of like the transition between horror and adventure. Mm-hmm. Right. The The lighting changes again, the green and the and the red on Captain Ahab. Yeah. They Did ma- they you also, say it? Did you see it? They make his pupils very, very small mm-hmm. when he sees the whale. In design, small pupils... Um, can indicate one of two things. On cartoon characters, fear. <clears throat> but on crazed characters, it can right. give a feeling of craziness. And so the moment, you know, the Hershey blows! Mm-hmm. And his, his pupils are sort of very, very small. It makes him look very scary and crazy. Right. The Hershey blows! I grin at thee, thou grinning whale! He's possessed! He's insane! He's my kind of guy! Which is why this is such a great choice to to be the transition uh, between horror and adventure, because it is an adventurous kind of novel on the sea. It's a naval thing, but then there's this crazy character in it who sort of leads everybody to their deaths. Right. Um, So it's it's a great transition. It's very well-placed and it's well-designed. And then things sort of change as they're... Um, rescued, quote unquote, by uh, pirates. By pirates. Yeah, who lead them to uh, Long John Silver. A story moment happens where it creates a a conflict within the conflict of trying to get to the exit. The exit. Is that um, Long John Silver says a, li- a cabin boy don't need no library card, and he like throw. I don't know why he says it like that, but he like throws it into the sea. Library card. Library card. A cabin boy don't need no library card. <laughs> And the library card is lost. And it's like, okay, once I get to the exit, how am I going to check out the books, right? Right. Um, Do you know who plays Long John Silver? Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings, yeah. Who is also uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger too. Hello, Piglet. Hello, Piglet. Oh, fuck. Um, (laughs) I'm going to cut your head off. (laughs) 
Oh yes. Poo, blood, and honey. Poo, blood, and honey. <laughs> no, 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 no break there. Just poo, blood, and honey. It's Just a list. Poo, blood, and honey. <laughs> and then they they're on the island and they are searching for Long John Silver's buried treasure. There ain't no treasure, mate. And in they're looking the in the middle by the waterfall. No, so, it's <laughs> east by some broccoli. No, you idiots! It's west by a tree. <laughs> broccoli, broccoli. It's uh, in the middle by the waterfall. No, it's east by some broccoli. Give me that broccoli. We are half wits. It's west by a tree. Go. And the other thing that made me giggle this time round was one gold piece. Let's kill him and eat his parrot. <laughs> One gold piece. This is your treasure, is it? Oh, let's kill him and eat his parrot. Uh, and then there's, you know, um, adventure learning that, you know, he shouldn't be mean to horror. Yeah. Uh, through the Gulliver's travels, uh, sort of little people. I yeah. can say that because they are little people. The, right? Physically little people. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're not going to take us off the air. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, they've they, it, it, adventure thinks that he's sort of died. Right. Um, and, and then sort of reveals his true feelings for him. And, you know, that was beautiful. Uh, so that's a little nice moment. And then, uh, and then Rich sort of learns uh, the value of standing up to bullies. Right. As he sort of tells Long John Silver to bugger off. Which is kind of um, kind of disappointing because at the end of the movie, when he does the, the bike jump mm-hmm. thing uh the bullies are not there so yeah. he doesn't you don't actually see that come to fruition in the yeah. real world but uh but anyway i will let that go thank you very big while of we you. skip to the uh <clears throat> fantasy well actually section. um he does find the library card there on the beach after he yes. sort of stands up to it. so that whole thing that conflict solved way too easily About five minutes would have been nice if it would have been somehow returned to him um by the end sort of like when he meets the page master in that sort of blue room that's what i thought this time while okay. watching it you know seeing as you um you know did all these deeds and these books helped you i'm going <laughs> to return the library card to you but don't lose it again would have been great yeah yeah it would have been but not how it happened so moving on yep. to the fantasy section fantasy Imagine. so i like that scene i i feel it, first of all it's very beautiful mm. it's very nicely done and uh, and the song, it gives me the nostalgic feels. Mm. Um, they they always used to do that in uh, in in animated movies, in Disney movies, um, but not just restricted to Disney movies. Was they used to have a song within not sung by the characters. The movie, yeah, a song within the movie that then used to have a pop version. Yeah, and in this movie, they've just got two pop songs yeah um but it's uh it gives the same kind of feeling it's very very 90s and i, I just I, I like that whole sequence i like the and and i completely obviously blanked on it during the quiz but the um but the humpty dumpty bit yeah. and the fairies like stealing his glasses and giving them back to him and, and whatever like there's a lot of really nice moments in there um it does kind of take uh take a um uh, sort of, it, it does kind of go a level down in terms of pace, in terms of energy, in terms of quality storytelling, because it feels that while up until this point there have been some very strong literary references, um, and they're interacting with characters from yeah. uh, these stories, and each of these come to teach a lesson of some kind or to put them into a situation where they have to learn a lesson of some kind. 
it feels like the references are very background now. Like, you know, the, the, as, as I said, like, you know, in the quiz, in the fantasy section, you've got the Humpty Dumpty and Mother Goose blink and you'll miss it. Right, right, where fantasy says, hey, girl, or you go, girl, whatever she says to her. Right. Um, and then, yeah, you've got the fairies, which, you know, could be Peter Pan, could be a Min- Midsummer Night's Dream, could be anything with fairies in it, any fucking old thing. You've got the yellow brick road, which is so blinking you'll miss it that you have to be looking for it. Um, you've got this unknown dragon, which, you know, it's not smog, it's not like, it's not anything. Like, right. it's just a dragon, um, you know, because there are dragons in fantasy, I guess. Um yeah, there are no there's, there are no fantasy figures it. there. I think there's a reason for it, which is trivia corner. Okay, um, but there is a reason for it. That that's kind of why the this third of the movie sort of falls apart for me. Right. Um, it's very cool how he gets eaten by the dragon, and he there are books inside the dragon, and you know he uses yeah. Jack and the Beanstalk to, to escape. To that's really cool. Um, but it's also, and the magic carpet thing is pretty cool as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's kind of by the by. Yeah, it's it's actually to be honest, I I kind of got the the opposite feeling from it in that you said that it's like kind of sags in that section. Yeah. To me, I thought that it's kind of rushed mm. that they uh, that they're trying to get to the end by that point. Yeah. So I don't I don't <clears> mean that it I I feel that the whole imagine section that song yeah. thing could have been done away with right it could have been done away with but that, i like it it's <laughs> very it's it's very pretty to look at i feel it's wasteful and that's kind of where it starts becoming a bit snore mm-hmm. for me okay and then and then you know they could have been using this to introduce some some fantasy what like king arthur what if king arthur was the you know sort of character because he's wearing the armor like it could be king arthur's armor and sword you know like whatever it could have been anything yeah the dragon sets uh sets adventure on fire and one of his uh one of the sizes of his mustache is uh is still like burning like a candle and um horror blows it out and says happy birthday (laughs) happy birthday So I like the idea of a similar kind of thing to Pinocchio, I guess, is that the idea of being swallowed by something, by a creature that's much larger than you, um, and that there's an entire world within that. So he goes inside the dragon and is like a kind of a lava pit there with a pool, with a, you know, lava pool there, and uh, and a pile of books as if like the dragon's been chowing down on books or if his insides are made of books. I don't know. But I kind of, I I like that section a little bit. I like that he goes in there to get the the wand and, and whatever. And then they get to a door with large knockers and <laughs> and they are in a room where the page master greets them and said, what kind of adventure would you have had if I'd brought you here with the turn of a page? Mm-hmm. Think, boy. What kind of an adventure would you have had if I brought you here with a turn of the page? The lesson there is, it's you can't take shortcuts. Can't take right? shortcuts you in life. Sort of, you have yeah. to experience the journey. The journey is just as important as the lessons as the learned. Destination, right? yeah. um, there's this moment where Richie is telling the page master off, and you I did just, all this to me. You did all this to me. I was, I was this. I was that. I was squashed and 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 cut open and burned and disemboweled. Yeah, he and sort of makes up a hung couple and, there in the Yeah, list. exactly. I know who he is. He's the guy who did all this to me. Do you have any idea what I've been through? Tell me. I was nearly torn apart by a crazy oh. doctor. I was made asleep by a bunch of mangy pirates mm-hmm. and eaten. Got that? Eaten by a fire-breathing dragon. He don't mean it, my page master. He don't mean it. And not to mention 
from being tossed, squashed, and scared practically to death. You can see horror standing next to him, and he's sort of closing his covers in embarrassment, yeah. which I thought was really cute. Um, that has absolutely nowhere to go. I just wanted to make yeah, that comment. No, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then all the the literary characters come back in this kind of smoky. Uh, yeah, kind Mr. Of Hyde pillow returns thing. to his Doctor Jekyll form. You prevailed over evil. Why, why do you say it like like dickless? Can I please? <laughs> I want to know what you do here, and then uh, and all of that. Don't let nobody tell you different. Um, so yeah, you've got all of these uh, literary characters that tried to kill him moments ago, saying, yeah. "You're a good lad." <laughs> you prevailed over evil. Ah, you look Moby Dick in the eye, boy. Ah, you had pirate stuff, me lad. It don't no one speak any different. And then he wakes up. He, t- he sends him back, he wakes up, and you have this kind of half-assed Wizard of Oz ambiguity to it that... Whether it was a dream or not. ...doesn't really hold weight because... The library card is all crumpled like it's been through the wars, whereas when Dewey gives it to him, it's uh, it's a brand new library yeah. card. You've got the three books landing next, landing to, him. next to him. You've obviously got uh, Mr. Dewey having, like, you know, he's got, like, the twinkle in his eye and sort of looks... Looks, looks know, at the know, camera. Looks at the camera and goes... <laughs> See what I did there? Very clever. Yeah. And also the books come to life in the treehouse while he's asleep. But uh, that could be a dream. I don't know. But anyway, I hate it. I hate it that they. That it's they very did that. clearly not ambiguous. There's no ambiguity there. Yes, but it, they tried to make it ambiguous, and I just hate that that's where they went with it. Right. The other thing that I noticed, I find that most of the uh, most of the critiques that I have are based within the within the live action sections. Yeah. Um. But he does the bike jump, um. And it's like, ooh, how brave! Look at him doing the bike jump. And I just thought, wouldn't it have been funny if he'd fallen and broken his collarbone? <laughs> Face your fears. <laughs> Well, so. the, the movie ended there. What he maybe like sort of my girl three sort of thing where he dies, like breaks That's, his neck. Yeah, it, all of this is a fantasy after Thomas J gets stung by the bees, and then you got this point of view kind of cloudy point of view shot of like Vader looking over him, going Thomas J, where are your glasses? Thomas J, where are your glasses? That is fucking dark. I'm so sorry. <laughs> This movie took almost three and a half years to complete. Christopher Lloyd's character, Mr. Dewey, is named after the Dewey Decimal System, Hmm. a system of organizing books in the library, for those of you who don't know, you uncultured idiots. Mr. Dewey resembles Charles Dickens, which now reveals to you, dear listener, that when I said that Mr. Dewey looks like Charles Dickens, it's because I'd read it yesterday and that I didn't clock it myself. Very good. Frankenstein's monster does not appear in the final cut, but is seen in the sneak peeks, trailers, and television spots yeah. for the theatrical and home entertainment releases around the world from 1993 to 1995. Do you know what the story for that character was supposed to be in the movie? Not offhand, but when I go to the parents to collect some of my stuff, I am fairly certain that I will find the novelization, and it's probably in there because it's based on the script. Right. So... It also appeared in deleted scenes, behind the scenes, and video games, apparently. Yeah, there was a video game where there's like, I can't remember what it is, but he has an involvement in, in the horror section. Yeah, well, 
clearly. Well, then, <laughs> there are two versions of the book adapted from the movie, a full-length novelization, which is what I have, and a shorter junior novelization. Actually, I might have that one. I'm not sure which one it was. All of the fictional works featured in the film were created and first published before January 1st, 1923, making them a part of the public domain. Oh. So it's, it's, it's possibly why a lot of the fantasy section was fairly sparse in that department because um, I think a lot of fantasy was written probably after 1923 yeah like Peter Pan was written in the 30s Tolkien wrote uh, wrote the um, Lord the of the 40s, Rings in the th- in the 40s yeah um, so all of that kind of stuff I don't know about King Arthur I don't know about uh, about uh, about those uh, those sort of legends or, or yeah. whatever and who owns them or, or why or how it's very possible that that they might have thought that they needed to just get to the end already by that yeah. point. Feels like it wasn't plotted out properly. Yeah. Do you remember we used to write stories and sometimes, you know, you're, yeah. you're kind of coming to the you end, you're in the third act and you're just like, you okay, let's how to finish run, to the, run to the exit. The exit! You have a concept, you know, it works as a concept, but you haven't plotted it out properly. Right. The third act would always be rushed. Uh, the theme songs to the movie are Dream Away, sung by Babyface and Lisa Stansfield, and Whatever You Imagine, sung by Wendy Moten or Motten. According to the film's animation crew, the film went over budget during animation production due to mismanagement and changes to the narrative. Joe Johnson went on to express his dissatisfaction of the production, claiming that the film was re-edited without his consent. He has since crossed the page master off his resume. Why? That's why. Uh, no, I know, but like, it's still a good movie. Well, um, I mean, the live-action scenes are the weakest part of the movie, yeah, to be honest. So that, <clears throat> that, I guess, is not a great audition, is it? No. Um, but the uh, director of animation is, uh, is probably to be heralded in some way. Definitely, definitely. I'm going to read a little bit of, uh, of contemporary and recent reviews here, just to, just to give an idea of the, the reception of the movie. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times criticized the way the film's message came across, calling it a sad and dreary film, adding that its message seemed to be that books can be almost as much fun as TV cartoons and video arcade games. Seems like he sort of missed the point there a little. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, a, just a smidge, just a little bit off the mark, you know, kind of missed the target by a few hundred meters. Brian Lowry of Variety said that the film's principal appeal for adults would be its abbreviated running time, and that it did not do enough with its famous fictional characters. Noting a more inspired moment has Richard using a book, Jack and the Beanstalk, to escape from the belly of a dragon. Unfortunately, such moments are few and far between. Rita Kempley of the Washington Post gave the film a positive review, calling it a splendidly original children's fantasy about the world of books. Uh, and Agreed. James Berardinelli of Real Views. I used to read that blog. I don't know why, why I stopped. Um, he gave another positive review, calling it a clever and often engaging, fast-paced motion picture that uses the visual medium to encourage its viewers to reach out with their imagination. Lovely. The Pagemaster earned a Razzie Award nomination for Macaulay Culkin as, as worst actor for his performance in the film, also for getting even with Dad and Richie Rich. How old was he when he was given the Razzie? Young enough for it to be really fucking mean. Yeah. <laughs> that is mean. Like, do it to yeah. adults who can take it. Well, I mean, don't even do it to adults. Just give them awards when they do something good. Why do we... Uh, sorry, I'm going to go into a whole, like, society sucks thing. Yeah. Please continue. I think we're talking about 1995, so 13. Something like that, 14. That's horrible. Uh, he lost the award. He didn't even get the award. Oh. He lost it to Kevin Costner for White Herb. <laughs> he was only nominated. Yes, it's it's all about taking part. Uh, the film received generally negative reviews from critics, and the uh, here's the here's the what I wanted to mention was the budget was thirty four million dollars, and the take was thirteen point seven million dollars. 
So it flopped. Oh dear. Very flopped. That was Trivia Corner. Trivia. 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 Oh, that was a bit of a mess. Let's do it again. Trivia, Trivia. Corner. Uh, join me in the... <laughs> right, so... Come with me and step into the spine-tingling confusion known as size rambling cavalcade of nonsense. <laughs> VFX thingy. Um... So, the I wanted to talk about the director of animation before I start getting into design stuff. What's his name? Um, Maurice Hunt. Yes. Um, is a French director, artist, and animator, and he has been involved in films such as The Black Cauldron, The Rescuers Down Under, and Fantasia 2000. Now, The Black Cauldron is interesting because you can kind of see a lot of dark influence from there in, right. in a lot of the animation here mm-hmm. in this movie. Um but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the design because you were talking about um, how Rich is a very kind of boring design. Not boring, just um, a, a little weird, a little so weird it's, looking. It's it's a little weird looking, but it's um it's kind of sitting in that place between how he looks in the real world and how he would look if he were a stylized. You know, it, it's not An there because because he is out of this world. He's not part of this beautifully designed. Um, you know, even next to the books, he looks particularly pedestrian. Um, you know, interestingly, adventure, fantasy, and, and horror are actually some of the most well-designed. Well, not interestingly, they are main characters. Yeah. Um, but even like Long John Silver, Captain Ahab, uh, they they are designed in such a way that they all feel like there's a a uh, common design theme to their characters. And they are the characters that inhabit this sort of fantasy library world, right? But he doesn't belong there. So the fact that he is designed in that way, I think it's on purpose. Okay. I think it's to make him the identifiably human um, rogue element um, in this in this sort of mix. Um, the environments, there's a lot of, um, you know, painted, beautifully rendered um as we've said, stairs made out of books and right. rocks, you know, in, on the sea when they're sort of um, going out to sea uh, and they get taken by the pirates are sort of made of books, you know, the the rocks. Um, so there's a lot of thought and detail, attention to detail that's been put into the color themes, schemes, and the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the placement of books. You know, they didn't just cover everything in books. They, and, and it's to make you feel like you're still inside... Uh, the library. Um, I I was actually struggling to see um, book themes in in the sort of adventure section when when they're on the island because it just looks like they're they're full on in the middle of this adventure like on this island. Yeah. Uh, although I'm sure I must have just missed desert something. Desert palm there. trees. It's yeah. desert and palm trees. Um, and even little characters, the, the like bit part characters like the pirates are all within the same design language. So I was actually, while I was watching this, I was just going, you know, the the thought that went into this is, is brilliant. Right. And the execution is great. And the fact that the animation um, is rather sort of... The, the, there's there's the, the the transition. That's what I wanted to talk about. The transition between um, the live action to the horror section is very sort of steeped in a kind of kind of quote unquote vanilla 
because um, we were talking about you mean how it's like desaturated. Yeah, the colors are, are very desaturated. The fact that you've got, you know, the, the page master walks in, he's got this very interesting design, but Richie is very sort of boring. And so is the, so is the, uh, the bookshelves are also, they're not in the interesting configurations that they're going to be in later in the movie. Um, so it's this, it's on purpose. It's this ease of transitioning both Richie and you, the viewer, from this, it could have been extremely jarring to go from, you know, live action to these beautifully painted like things. And, and they sort of slowly lead you in there as he's discovering that the library like is the a lot deeper. Place. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like a purgatory between um, here and there. Um, and I also wanted to touch on the sort of CG, the first real mix of CG with, you know, 2D animation, even though it's not really. It is, uh, as as we said, great that, you know, as the CG touches the walls of the bookshelves, um, you know, the, the sort of residue turns them into cartoon books. It's it's just such great ideas. Um, and the movement, it's, it's, it's a fluid simulation. It's like a very complicated thing to do in 94. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they did that and it, it's, it looks great. Um, you know, still shows Taking its into age. Consideration, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't look like a fluid simulation would look now. Obviously it looks very plasticky and, and, and even plasticine-y. Um, but you know, it's still really, really well animated and there are drops coming off of it and they're flying everywhere. And it feels like there's, there's a, a volume and a viscousness to it, which is really great. So it's not quite water and it's not quite paint. You mean, so it looks like snot? No, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's gooey. Yeah. Like paint is, is, is a, is a, a, a wet medium. It's not always gooey unless it's like acrylic paints, which are a little more gooey. This thing feels a little bit more something alien, something else, right? Mm -hmm. Magical. So I, I like how, I don't know if that was on purpose or because they couldn't do, you know, more more watery simulations, but that's kind of the feeling I got from it when I was watching it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I really hope that's on purpose because that would be really clever design choices right in there. Um, and yeah, the character designs are awesome. The environments, I love it. <laughs> okay, once again, I'm going to say, is that it? Yes, that's it. Okay, so I I will now play the jingle. <laughs> Come with me and step into the spine-tingling confusion known as size rambling cavalcade of nonsense. <sighs> I sort of rush out of it, don't I? Like the end of this movie. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're doing. That's yeah. very clever. That's very clever. That is the end of the VFX thingy. Play the outro I've, jingle. It's already been played. No, no, now it's, do no, it. No, 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 it's no, done. No, do it now. It's done. Do it now. Missed your chance. Do it, you fucking butt. Anyway. So. That was a good episode. I thought that was fun. You, you like that? I enjoyed watching the movie. I enjoyed talking to you about it. Hmm. Very good, yeah. very good. Nice very that good. you've come off your sort of, you know, tantrum. <laughs> I had a very shitty morning. You did. But you had a good after morning bit. Yes, yes. Where we talked about yes. a film that you like. And now I have to go online and order new parts for my... <laughs> For your microphone. My you microphone. can't use the knife. I'm sure that that's some sort of hazard. Is the blade facing down? It is indeed facing down. Just making sure. <laughs> Wouldn't want you to have a sort of Timothy Dalton impaling himself on the on, on the model thing. Like, just like... It really hurts. It's plastic. Yes, I know, but you could kill yourself. You are talented. Oh, thank you. Um, right. Uh, anything you want to say to the people? For, you know... Um, yeah, I, I have a bone to pick with you lot. 
Why aren't Actually, you listening? Yeah, why aren't you listening? Also, look, to be honest with you, it's probably going to fall on deaf ears, on, on cadaver, uh, because <laughs> because if I'm, if I'm saying this now on an episode and I'm berating the people that aren't listening, they're probably not listening. They're not listening. How do you get people to listen to your podcast? Shove it down their throats. I don't know. I always thought it was about producing quality content, but apparently that's not it. Well, it's definitely not it based on what we did today. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I'll see you uh, next time uh, at the premiere of Christopher Walken's tap dancing uh, one-man show reimagining of The Color Purple, which yeah. I'm sure no one will have a problem with. If we did a bunch of episodes together and I could do like a next time segment at the end of the episode... That would be cool, but Dr. obviously Who's we style? don't. No, but so the so David Tennant does that on his podcast. He goes uh, next time, which I, I just I you like know. that. Yeah, yeah, it just gives me the the, mm. the warm fuzzy. Anyway, thank you for listening. Those of you who are listening, don't be bitchy. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. What's our seat number? <laughs>